our passion didn't start with a mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner, your hostess. And today I have with me Janice Correa, who I met in Florida at SmileCon. Janice, it's so nice to connect with you. Oh, yes. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you for this opportunity. I was so excited to meet you. There was so much of a great positive vibe at SmileCon. I loved it. Yes, it was uh, over near the podcast influencer area. I don't know if you all, uh, the listeners have ever been there, but they create this awesome kind of warm, homey, minimalistic, but collaborative environment. Janice, how would you explain it? I was so um, invigorated by the the energy. People were just having a really great time meeting, connecting, old friends, new friends. I met so many great uh, dental leaders in the industry, including you. And um, that that vibe just, it stayed with me, the energy, and it just propelled me into wanting to do more in dentistry. Yeah, it's it was hard almost to leave the influencer area because they made it, they had like the Adirondack chairs where you could like sit and watch the the broadcasting on the on the stage. And it was it was such a cool, it was such a cool vibe. And then I got to meet folks like yourself. And it was just, I don't know. That's what conferences I think a lot of them are about is just the ability to say hey and shake a hand or hug a neck and sit down and have coffee and get to know each other. I agree. Building that community. Yeah, absolutely. So Janice, I always, well, when I met Janice, she had such a cool, interesting story and in her background. If you see all her credentials, I was like, you have got to be on the podcast. <laughs> so I always ask Janice, everyone, uh, the same question when they come on is why dentistry? What did it choose you? Did you choose it? What happened? I had a great uh, experience as a child. Uh, my parents had insurance, so naturally we went every six months for our dental checkups, and we had a larger family. Um, the hygienist, I just loved her. She was sweet. She really made me feel so special and unique, just myself. And I know she did that for all her patients. Uh, she just loved what she did, and she was very passionate about it. And um, it's a funny story because my sister told me, and my sister is two years old than me, I want to be a dental assistant. I want to be a hygienist. But she never really pursued that passion. And I went it full fold. Um, I'm like, you know what? That's a great idea. And in our high school, we had a tech school. So I took dental assisting there. And um, that's how I began. 
I just, I just fell in love. So you started off there and then where from there? Well, I didn't, it wasn't enough for me. <laughs> I am the high achiever, very motivated, and I wanted more uh, education. I did at one time want or thought I wanted to become a dentist. Um, my life path didn't take me that way, but I uh, jumped into private practice right after, um, you know, high school. But uh, at that point, I jumped into a VA uh, so ma mainly for benefits reasons, but I learned so much high-end dentistry there, worked in the operating room, uh, very young, very young. And I pursued my government career for 14 years, um, interrupted a little bit with, uh, of course, children, family, um, a couple of private practice sprinkle in here and there. Um, however, the VA system and the army uh, system really showed me high-end dentistry and working in the operating, you know, performing orthopedic surgeries and things like that. Uh, opened my doors. And with the government, I don't know if you know this, um, they give you other opportunities. So if you don't want to do just your main position, they offer other adjunct positions. And that's when I really flourished into becoming the uh, chairperson of the EEO committee in the VA, um, Army Lean Six Sigma process improvement, patient safety, alongside of my dental assisting. So um, it just really expanded opportunities for me. Wow. Wow. Okay. I got to unpack that a little bit. I got to back up because how would you, so just starting with the, with the contrasting private practice, because you, because you know what that's like. As well. So tell me about the differences with that setting and a private practice setting. I can't tell you that all of the private practice settings I um, didn't feel comfortable with. There were a few that I did that were higher end. Um, but when you work for the government, of course, you have everything you need. Um, all of the tech, all of the um, really precautions and training. Um, when you go into the private sector, it's not so much focused on training your staff. Um, you may not have all of the high-end equipment, and especially with uh, sterilization and infection control, um, I used to teach it in the hospital, and it just wasn't up to my level of, of expectations, so I was disenchanted. Um, and I did go into, you know, teaching dental assisting. Um, I was really, I had a, a mentor in my life, and she owns a dental school, uh, so I always, you know, at night, believe it or not, worked a full day of whatever I was doing at the time, either dental assisting or office management. And I would teach dental assisting classes. And I tried to really impact those students who many of them didn't know anything about dentistry. Some of the, you know, techniques that I've learned and how I thought they should really look into it for patient care, patient-centered care. And that's really important. I think some of these offices or the, the private practices that I've tempted in any way, they lose that mm. focus. Yeah. So you're, so I'm hearing you say that the protocols, some of the protocols were different in terms of, well, not, well, safety, like infection control were different and the technology sounds like it was different. What, what else were some differences there? Um, uh, I could say that the, some of the dental assistants, I, in both sectors, I can't say just government or s private. Um, it took me a long time. And that's why I started my own podcast about work ethics, because I found over the years that I was looked at 
like different um, because uh, my drive and and the my search for knowledge, the the uh, motivation for me to learn from others, whether it be a dental assistant, hygienist, dentist, any leader that was willing to teach me, uh, it kept me going forward. And I wanted to always tell people around me because they would say, "What gives you the motivation, Janice?" I, I tell them, you know, it, when you feel like you're burnt out in your career or whether you're a dental assistant, hygienist, dentist, anyone, front desk manager, kind of work around your community and try to kind of fit in somehow. Like we did with the SmileCon, we're involved with empowered dentistry yeah. and find those people that kind of feel right for you um, or build your own community. Yeah. And, and, you know, find what really you want to see in dentistry if you want to make change or be a part of uh, volunteering, which I did a lot of. So you were, um, you were on different committees, you were teaching dental assisting. Now that was not in the mil- in a military setting that was outside no. of the military in your friend's dental assisting school. What's what state was that in? Was it a CDA that you were teaching or EFTA or what were you teaching at that time? It was in New York. It was a fundamentals program. Um, and it was a direct or it was endorsed by the um, dental districts in New York. Okay. And she had about 12 schools and she's still running them. Uh, and I was actually her first instructor and then she just kept growing and growing. But it was quite interesting. I first worked for the tech school, this one of the same tech schools that I had my own training. They were not, um, they kind of geared the dental assistant, the student up for taking their Danby exam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't really, it wasn't one of those uh, type of programs that were uh, licensed by ADA or anything like that. Gotcha. But it just got the student started fundamentally and got them job. I mean, I placed so many students before they even graduated. Wow. That's, I mean, because it's such a, dental assisting, I think, can be kind of overlooked in well, I know as a dental care provider, I don't ever look the, overlook the dental assistant, but people yeah. just talk about the dentist or the hygienist or a front office, but dental assistants are just, man, they, I always call them the glue of the office. They keep everything <laughs> going. It's, I, I would not have been able to do, I don't think any of us would be able to do what we do without a dental assistant. <laughs> Oh, thank you for that. I, I just got, um, I listened to one of your podcasts with uh, Kevin Henry, was it? Yeah. He's the one who did the uh, dental assisting nation. Oh my God. You know, dental assistants should listen to these types of podcasts because some of them, when I worked, especially when I was temping, when I was finishing my graduate studies, they were just lost. They were, they lost their glow and you can see it when you work with them. And I still, after what, 40 years, I still have that passion. And I said, you got to find it, find it, you know, figure out a way to do something in your community. Uh, I used to, you know, when my children were in daycare, I used to do little demonstrations for Dental Health Month, February. Do things, go on missions, try to find that glow and get it back for yourself and find a better fit for yourself because some of the offices really didn't treat them well. Yeah. So I would tell them, maybe you need to find an office that would really, you know, respect you and help you to grow. Yeah. And encourage you to take a continual education and find things that you can focus on your strengths. Everyone has a strength. Everyone has a weakness. 
you got to find that balance in your own self and your career. So with the podcast that you have, is it, I think you mentioned it discusses work ethic and, um, and other concepts. Tell me more about that. Tell our listeners more about that. Well, I, it's just to get my feet wet. Basically, uh, I wanted to start a podcast before I graduated with my, um, my, you know, education degree. Um, and I decided, actually, someone told me after they interviewed me and they said, Janice, you know, you really, your history really shines more in your work ethic and how that started. So I basically begin speaking of the history of my family history, uh, with being raised in the restaurant business and very, very young age when we didn't have child labor laws in our family. <laughs> I don't think the child labor laws in any family. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but my podcast has nothing to do with dentistry. Um, and I did that for a purpose because I really wanted to dive into the podcast world with something to give um, people, my listeners, not everyone, um, those people that could resonate with me as far as the struggle of being a person that, you know, just really works hard and is a highly motivated, high achiever. Um, there's, there's a percentage of people that I know, I didn't know at this time, but I thought I was all alone. Um, why, why are people looking at me at the workplace looking, why are you working so hard type of mentality and, and telling me, you know, stop working so hard. You're making us look bad. And I mentioned this in the podcast because I didn't know until looking back and reflecting back in my history that, yeah, that was painful. And maybe I should talk about it. Maybe there's someone that needs to hear that you're not alone and how to face those challenges and how to overcome that. So what do you think that's all about, Jana? So like, why do you think that people looked at you like that or said that obviously there was a difference and difference in some way because they could see it themselves. It wasn't the employer saying it, it was your coworkers. Well, the employers, of course, loved it. <laughs> yeah. But my coworkers felt intimidated and jealous uh, because I would get a attention from, you know, supervisors and leaders and wanting me to do more in different directions to utilize my skills. Um, so there was always an imbalance in my workplace and there, not everyone, some uh, ladies, especially young ladies wanted to follow me and say, what do you do? How do you get onto college? What do you, you know? So I always gave them pointers on what to search for at that time. You know, um, we didn't use computers so much. <laughs> I'm dating myself now. Um, but there were contacts that I kept. I always had, remember the Rolodex? Yes, I do. I totally do. <laughs> well, I always had some contacts in the education world and in uh, not only dentistry, just things that I loved to do, whether it became volunteer work. I volunteered a lot in the, the army, uh, military um, warriors, you know, and their families. So I, d I had a following basically some people didn't like me and some people did like me. So I speak to those that uh, find a really uncomfortable feeling when people look at you uh, for your passion and really don't understand you. Yeah. It can be very foreign to some people. Like, like why, why, why are you like this? It's because they, they're trying, I think, as you mentioned, they're trying to figure it out and they're just stumped. 
Like, why are you doing all this? Why, why would you do that if you don't have to? Why do you do that? And you're not getting paid extra for it. Mm. That's, that was a big one, especially when I was working in the government. Um, they said, you know, they're not going to pay you anymore for that. I don't know why you're trying so hard. Um, it wasn't about me trying to get something education. I was getting free education. Mm. You know, everything I did as, um, an adjunct to my position for me was education. It wasn't work. I met people, I networked, I built communities, people that I have for a lifetime in my Rolodex. (laughs) Still. (laughs) That's such a good point because you're right. Because the more that we lean in, the more that we, the more we learn and you could just show up and do one, two, three and check a box, but is it meaningful and is it stretching you and is it making you figure out things that you already have answers to? And so I love the way that you said that because you're exactly right when you lean in into areas that are uncharted for you. But even even Janice, if you knew how to do something, you would, I'm, I'm guessing, having met you and have and listening to you, you would probably push it even more to learn more. Right. I have <laughs> when I when I was at the conference, Rolando Mia. Um, oh, yep. <laughs> he told me and nobody, you know what? Nobody ever said this to me before. How he picked it up and told me I was really impressed by that. Uh he said I have a natural curiosity. And when I speak to people, I listen. And listening is a big part of communication I always had to work on. Because let's face it, it is hard to stop and, and listen to someone and really ingest what they're saying without already forming your response. Oh, absolutely. And that's, I struggle with that a lot. And everybody does. Um, but he told me that my natural curiosity... Um, helped me to really listen and ask questions and deep dive, dive deeper into what someone's doing, whatever it is. Yeah. It doesn't have to be demonstrated. Yeah. So that's my personality. He, he gave me a different perspective and it's nice to hear that when someone has a different perspective of you, like, Oh, I am like that. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> What's so funny is before, right before you said that, I was getting ready to say, it just sounds like you're naturally curious. I swear <laughs> I was getting ready to say that to you. And then you said that. And it's just funny how everything is connected, right? <laughs> I was going to say, you learned it because you were curious. You were, I wonder what if, I wonder what if. And I would venture to say that that's probably the reason why you, you're you an EFTA, you have your master's, you are where you are now with the company that you're, because you you want to learn more. You want to serve differently. You want to serve yourself differently and you want to serve others differently, right? Yeah, it's a feeling of, it's not because I need to get paid more. I mean, money, of course, is important. But I feel uh, a, a feeling of um, really, uh, how can I put it? Just feel good about myself. I feel rewarded when I can help somebody, even if it's someone, because one of my titles in my career is uh, for, for me to um, direct people to career, career fields. And there's so many people that call me and say, hey, what do you think about this? And because we were taught to kind of direct people based on their skills, um, knowledge, skills, and abilities to find a career path that would suit them or maybe interest them. So I just naturally want to help people and 
And I think that's, you know, it just feels good for me. I want to do that without any kind of compensation. So it's about a feeling that you get when you do it as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So what is your master's in? Um, I build online curriculum. (laughs) Well, this is what happened. I I was like, there's my career. (laughs) I wasn't satisfied. I knew I had to take my bachelor's for becoming a both tech educator, dental assisting educator. And then um, at some point before the pandemic, I said, you know what? I want to end my dental career as a remote employee. Somehow, even building curriculum remotely, I, I had this vision in my head. And then when I did take my courses, my master's degree courses through SUNY Albany, they had that basic, you know, program that I wanted to build online curriculum, Blackboard and things like that and wikis. And so um, the pandemic came and I had that. I graduated. I was done basically. And I'm like, wow, now there's remote jobs everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. It just kind of happened that way. Uh, I wanted to make sure I have a large family all over the country. And I wanted to make sure that I had no one to stop me to see my family, which I'm leaving North Carolina on Monday to see and be attending for my newborn grandson. Yay. So no (laughs) barriers for Janice at all. I travel. (laughs) My company knows where I am. I take the laptop. I work. Um, I visit offices. It's just wonderful. It's just a freedom that I dreamed of and I really worked hard for. And yeah. And, and now you work with the company that is extremely innovative and you're, you're making other differences in people's lives cheer side and all throughout you're creating that ripple effect even more. Absolutely. I get to visit offices and teach. I absolutely teach the values of point of care saliva screenings and, you know, and how it impacts our oral systemic wellness. And that's really something I never did before. You think after so many years of dentistry, there's really nothing else to learn. I mean, I've been full circle in the operating room and, and, you know, oral surgery with our army soldiers, jaw surgery, dental assistant, chair side, office management. But now I'm learning holistic dentistry, biological dentistry, saliva. And, and it's like another area that I didn't really, you know, plan on. And it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. I think so many times the, one of the reasons why I think people get burnout is because they just show up. I mean, and showing up is a part of it. They show up, they do their job, they go home, and I don't care what job you have. That's boring. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's it's about the connection that you have. I think that, and that's one of the reasons why this podcast exists because it's about leadership, connection, and technology. Because all of those things connect people to Absolutely. each other and to other things outside of themselves as well. And so, through what. You, you and I were talking about, I know that we have to you know, maintain, if you guys want to know more about what Janice does, you can look in the show notes, but she, Janice, I'll let you take that conversation a different way. But um, I have never seen anything quite like what your company offers. So it's, it's amazing that you are an individual who's representing this and taking this new technology out to say, here's more and here's more information because with information that we can provide people, they're able to make decisions about their health. And without that, we're running blind. I mean, it's not, it's not a one size fits all. 
Absolutely. Um, you really have to, we were talking, I was talking about earlier about patient centered care. Everyone is different. You really have to take, and that's why I'm just really enjoying learning about spit, spit matters. <laughs> and because everyone has their own individual ID. And when you are able to examine and test screen saliva, you know, you can really guide the patient towards prevention and in a whole different direction that I've ever learned it in dentistry. So this was a great season for dentistry and dental assistance. Um, if you're burnt out, call me, contact me. I will, you know, help encourage you in any way. I mean, we all go through burnout. We all do. We do. Um, and we might change careers. That's okay too. Um, but you have a unique and special uh power. Everyone does. You just have to find it. Yeah. And I hate it when people, like you said, burnout sometimes is inevitable because it's not just about work. It's the whole, the illusion of control and balance sometimes that happens with when life surges and life happens to you. <laughs> and then you have to say, okay, hold on, I'm experiencing this. What can I, and how can I handle this? But a lot of it is reaching out to say, Hey, Janice, what, what were you able to do? Or what advice would you offer? And just reaching out for the helping hand to get perspective. But I hate to people, I hate to lose people in the field of dentistry too, because they're so valuable and they came to the profession for a reason. And I, and then I'll usually ask, hey, why did, why were you here in the first place? Like, what did you love about the industry that attracted you? And could we get that back? It's like, a, it's like another kind of relationship, right? Like, why did you fall in love with that person? <laughs> and, you know, you know, it's just amazing. A dentistry is, is amazing. I, I have so many wonderful, wonderful stories with my relationships with patients that I will never forget. I mean, luckily for me, I saw full circle, the beginning of their treatment preventative and the end of their treatment. And some, you know, some specialties can't see that. Um, but yeah, there's some, something for everyone. It really is. You really have to look, you have to have a different perspective or different office. Yeah. A whole different office makes a big difference. Yeah. Just because you're not happy, don't leave the profession. It may just be the environment that you're in. And, you know, I think for a lot of a lot of people, the first time, first job out wasn't the love connection. Correct. And there's there's so many different flavors of ice cream out there. And figure out what you love to do. The procedures that are out there are are mind blowing. And, you know, especially, especially with dental assistance, you guys can go from a specialty, you can go from oral surgery to restorative to ortho to wherever you want. Exactly. There's such a wide variety of what you can do. Yes. And, and there is a, this is a great time because, um, one of the things that I didn't like, and I was disenchanted when I left the government was because I wasn't, I didn't have the ability to see the patient's record, whole health record. Mm. And in the government, you can open up their medical history and see their A1C. They see that they're following up with their, their, um, you know, their primary care cardiac, or they're having cancer, bone modulating drugs they're taking, things like that. Because quite frankly, they're not going to tell you everything on their health history. And we're still writing them on paper in private practice. But this is, this whole change is taking place now. And I'm, I'm reading Dr. Um, Laskin's book, Brian Laskin's book, Dental Disorders. And I'm like, so glad this is happening. And because private practice really needs to get on speed. 
Yes. Yes, they do. And I've been talking about this for 20 years. It just needs to catch up because it's such a, it is such a disservice to our patients and to our community to not be able to treat the entire individual and just seeing this or this. You don't have all the information. I worked blind. I didn't like the feeling of working blindly. Mm. That's what was the most uncomfortable feeling coming from the government having those medical files wide open for me to look at. And when I worked as a temp in private practice, after I retired and wanted to full circle with my, my degree, uh, I, how can you work with patients not knowing the information you need to know? I felt very uncomfortable with that and not taking, um, you know, their blood for diabetes or whatever, finding out more, you know, you really have to dig deeper with the patient, find out what they're taking. Cause a lot of them quite frankly forget what they're taking and forget the last time they seen their, their cardiologist. And that scared me. Yeah. That and, was a huge risk. and then even Janice too, when we have, even in hygiene, when we do have access, let's just say that you're in a practice, your, your patient is bringing their health history. You have as, you have as much access as you can. Sometimes we're just not putting it together ourselves as practitioners just to ask the questions. And that to me is the most frustrating. It is not about removing calculus. It is, that's, it's not the last thing that's about, but it is not about that. It's about the whole health of the patient are you asking them about their about their last doctor's visit what did the doctor say is that normal for them what's their range of normal patients don't even know why they have dry mouth yeah and it's because possibly their hypertension medication they they might have been told but maybe they've been told so much that they don't remember that part of the conversation from their cardiologist or their primary care physician these are the things that we as the, in the dental profession really have to open up to patients to, to make them realize that this is connected to your whole body. Yes. The mouth-body connection. Yes. And we are, it begins with us. It really yes. begins with us. So Janice, I have, I just, this time has passed by so quickly. I have so enjoyed having you on our show today. Are there, is there anything else that you would like to leave our audience with? Did you want to say any, um, you know, advice that you may have or however, whatever you'd like to say? Well, first of all, thank you for this opportunity. I just really enjoyed um, seeing you again and speaking with you and speaking to the audience here. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not doing clinical dentistry anymore. Um, quite frankly, because I'm, you know, market manager for a company that sells dental device. And you can find more information on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn. And you can find my bio there. Um, I am working on my podcast. Uh, I have three episodes on it. (laughs) It's not a video. It's not high end like yours. (laughs) It's just audio. But uh, you can get a hold of me as uh, on my Gmail. Is it me dot the podcast at gmail.com? I love that. Well, thank you again, Janice, for all that you're doing. And um, thanks for leaning in because it's a, it's, it's such a refreshing um, perspective to hear all the different roles that a person served in and where they really come from and where, how they show up today. And even three years from now, how you show up looking back to say, wow, I did that. And anyway, it's just, just such a pleasure to have met you and have you on today. Thank you so much. (laughs) And to our our listeners, thank you for all that you do for our communities and 
don't forget, I always ask you the favor to go on to Apple and give me a five-star rating, the dental handoff, five stars, please, because Apple is the one that matters. And then go on over to YouTube, like, subscribe, and share with those you love. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thank you, Janice. Thank you. Thank you.